turns out she's psychic. The podcast. Spiritual musings. Sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Turns Out She's Psychic. How are you going, Tracy? I am good. How are you? Good. I've been busy with sick kids and everything, but that's life. And we're still here and it's recording day, so I like that. And it's blowing a gale. It is. Our internet just went out, so I'm on data now. How are you on your end? Well, that's why I'm sitting in the kitchen or in the dining room because where I would usually record in the small room to avoid Mm. noise, the internet's not very friendly up there. It's only just picked up. Anyhow. Mm, Well, it's been here for about two hours. Yeah. It's been here for the morning. And we are also in your birthday week. We are. It's Gemini season and it's Tracy's birthday season and (laughs) (laughs) new moon. It's a new moon season and Mercury retrograde finishes this week and uh, what else is there? (laughs) (laughs) All good things, all good things. Winter, winter starts today. Yeah. And we've got the season sync event this Saturday for non-members and members from nine till one. Um, it's going to be fun, a nice little um, herald in the winter together and, and a ritual or a few rituals in one big ritual to prep for the coming hibernation period, mm. which I'm so excited about. Yeah. It's going to be wonderful. There's a nice... Maddie D's making an appearance. Ooh, that sounds exciting. He's... Yeah, he's going to do a guided meditation for everyone. Oh, perfect. Right up his alley. Mm. If he's feeling better because Alaska got influenza A mm. and Matt has been feeling pretty ordinary um, probably for the, for just over a week and then he started to feel better, better enough, better, in, good enough to be able to go hot air ballooning on the weekend. Mm. Or at least attempt so, because it. Because you can't have, <laughs> yeah, because you can't have um, cold or flu-like symptoms. So he was good enough to not have cold and flu-like symptoms that weekend. Oh, okay. um, but then yesterday when we got the result for influenza A, I rung him and I said, yes, Alaska's has come back positive, which is they assume she had it. But yeah. The test finally came back positive. And, and I asked the doctor whether that would mean that that's probably what you've got. And he said, yes. And so I get home last night. <laughs> Matt was in bed by oh. 20 to 8 and he is like, <coughs> sneeze. <coughs> oh. And oh, it's like you Matt. were feeling so much better and now that you know that you have influenza A likely, <laughs> it's now like the death lurgy. It's like <laughs> it could just man progressonified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I doubt it. Oh, it's not nice. <laughs> anyway, so we'll see if he's well enough for Saturday. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And I know one turns out she's a witch. We're releasing on the 14th um, of June the Yule time, the Yule ep. So mm. that's always nice this time of year as well, isn't it? Speaking of all things winter. Yeah, beautiful. For We've got solstice coming. Us Southern Hemisphere yeah. people <laughs> at least. Yes. And for you northern folk, I hope you're enjoying your summer. Yeah. Yeah. I hope our next summer will be more of a summer. 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, just minus rain. Yeah. Minus that much rain. Yeah. At least. Yeah. What are we doing today? Well, I um, have a confession to make. Um, Early May, we received an email from a beautiful dear listener, a fairly new one whose employee actually put her onto the podcast and we actually popped her podcast cherry because she'd never listened to podcasts up until she listened to ours. So... That's nice. We need we need some sound effects. We need Maddie to put some sound effects in. <laughs> why find <laughs> why get Maddie when you make the most brilliant sound effects? <laughs> oh, I was just trying to think how could I make the sound of a champagne bottle popping oh. like popped your cherry, but it just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so I did a whoop whoop instead. <laughs> That's all we need. Um, yeah, so we're getting around to the email now. I'm going to take out. The names as I as I go along, but it's a really interesting one. So I know you and everyone else will find it interesting, and we'll see what comes up. Can't wait. Is that okay? Let's do it. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Yes, I'm ready. All right. Uh, hey there, ladies. This one's for Tracy. I'm going to try and keep this as short as possible because, like yourself, time is what I value most. Um, I'm hoping for some guidance, a direction of some sort and maybe some answers. Uh, I've only just started listening to your podcast and I'm so hooked. My beautiful employee put me onto it. First time listening to any podcast actually, currently on episode four. So who knows how far along she is now. Uh, She's a 44-year-old woman with three kids, a hubby and a flower shop in Sydney. Uh, There's been many chain of events over the years uh, leading me to know that there's something more greater and present in this human life. I've had my florist store for 18 years and it's right next door to a cemetery. I deal with grieving customers daily. I deliver to grave sites weekly. We regularly feel presences in store, hear footsteps, dragging feet, knocking at the door. I've smelt ashtrays, ladies' perfume, cigarettes and alcohol, all with the store being empty. I get goosebumps often too, especially if we're talking about someone who has died. I've even had gift items on shelves fall and break like someone knocked the whole display over. I never feel bothered or scared. However, I'd love to know why I hear, smell and feel these things. I've learnt to sage and clear the energy. When leaving the cemetery after doing deliveries, I ask everyone to stay put and not come back to work with me. They must all know me by now (laughs) over the years. That's so cute. I also feel attuned to people's energies. It can be damn draining at times. I find crowds and large enclosed events mentally exhausting. Favourite part of my day is coming home and having a shower, which I call aquatherapy, and wash my day away. Mm. I always feel so much better after a shower. More recently, there's something inside me telling me I'm not living to my highest capabilities. There's more out there and unknown. I felt an awakening of some sort. I can't identify, know or label what it is exactly. It also has heightened moments when I'm so sensitive to it and then it's like it's not there at all. Listening to your podcast, I'm open and ready to develop what's lying within. 
hoping you can help or lead me in the right direction. I've never gone and had any type of readings. I've had mediums as customers come into my store telling me there's great energy and to sage three times a week due to location. I work with like-minded ladies and love to surround myself with people who nourish my soul. Years ago, my daughter drove me sick with concern in her younger years. I was, she says, I was closed-minded then. She was young, between three and seven years old. We didn't have anyone close to us who had passed, but she was daily talking about death, people who have passed, what heaven looks like, seeing a floating blue man in her bedroom, hearing voices in the shower, people in her bedroom. She got to the point where she would only fall asleep with an eye mask and earmuffs. I took her to a psychiatrist as it became more consuming and was changing her personality. I was worried sick and nothing came of it. I knew something else was going on. I used to walk into her bedroom when she was asleep and kindly ask them to leave her alone, that she was only little and didn't understand that she needed sleep, rest and to be a kid. Someone told me to visualise her in a cocoon of white light. So I did. My gut was telling me it was something greater that I didn't understand. It's been years since she has said anything like she used to. It's like it's been completely switched off now. However, the eye mask has remained. She's 11 now. It's been easier having it all gone, but it saddens me if there was something special there and I've caused it to somehow go away. I also see a crow and white butterflies quite often, sometimes together, sometimes just either one. Today, listening to your podcast, I reversed into my driveway and sat listening. On top of the streetlight in front of my house was a crow and then a white butterfly fluttered past the windscreen into the neighbour's lawn. So weird. And then she writes, whoops, I've just scrolled up and the email isn't short at all. <laughs> Very unlike me. I'm going to leave it here as I've said a lot already. Sorry, but if you can help somehow, and to be honest, I don't even know what the fuck I need, but if you do, and any type of feedback or direction would be greatly appreciated. Um, she has attached a family pic. Thank you so much, you beautiful people. Um, and beautiful she, family. Yeah, and she does write, she's attached the pic. I have no idea why, though. She's usually quite private. So thank you so much, which is why we've taken the names out and the, the name of the location out, and we hope you're okay with that. Um, but having read that in entirety now, I was really keen to get it across to Tracy and to record a response. Mm. Well, first of all, we have that effect on people, both Laura and I, where people just tell us things. <laughs> <laughs> they don't mean to, but they just they just start talking. It's the effect. Um, so it's pretty common that once you start, you can't stop. When you when generally you're around people that. Um, that are empaths, but also people that you know you that hold space for you, and they don't like. You say obviously talk. she's writing. Yeah, obviously there's an intention behind it and an awareness behind it that she's writing this email in to people like us. But often, just I, I thought it would be nice to just to quickly let people know that um, you know how sometimes there's like sometimes complete strangers or in the most unsurprising or unexpected place. Um, 
where you find that you've left somewhere and you just divulged everything to that person or overshared. Yeah. Uh, quite often that's because the person that you were talking to or even the environment that you were in was holding space for you to be able to let's call it let off steam in a way it's kind of like being able to let some of it out and just um, so good like it's like a self-regulation yeah, yeah it's very good so don't ever feel um embarrassed or awkward oversharing because uh usually it's just an energetic thing and it's through no fault or judgment in our space at least exactly um, we're here for it yeah. Secondly, oh my God, it would be so cool to work in a floral, a florist next to a cemetery. That was like, I was just thinking about it. I was like, that'd be like a dream come true. It's like a life goal I would for love you. That. <laughs> oh God. Matt, when I met Matt, he said that he wanted to own a florist slash cafe. So maybe when we retire, we could do florist slash cafe next to a cemetery. You could. Anyway. And it reminded me of when I went to, I think it was the last funeral that I actually went to, which was thankfully... Um, oh, it'd be, it'd be a while ago now. It would probably be at least six, seven years ago. Um, and actually, no, this was the different funeral. Anyway, was the last funeral that I went to, but it was of an older lady. It was my client's, uh, grandmother who, um, the client was a long-term client. Grandmother was someone that I'd met at one point as well and had a very fondness. I have a huge fondness for this woman. And she passed away, old age mainly. Um, but I went to her funeral and I stopped at the florist out the front of the cemetery. And I walked in and I had no idea. I wanted to get, um, instead of flowers for the family, I wanted to get flowers for my client. Mm. Um, and I heard her grandmother say, get the blue ones. Aww. So I got the blue ones. And when we walked up to the to, up to the um the the room where they have the service like chapel sort um, of like area. The chapel yeah. yeah yeah when we walked up to the chapel the ladies from the white lady funeral place were collecting all the flowers and everything to put together for the family but just as I was walking up to them to give the flowers my client walked out and I said these are these are for you and your grandmother said she wanted you to have these. They were supposed to be from me, but she's hijacked them and they're from you. <laughs> and she just looked at me and she just said, she said, I know. Oh. And I was like, how? She goes, because these are her favourite flowers. They're even on her brochure. So then two seconds later I'm walking down and the white ladies are handing me the brochure on the front cover of the the little leaf that thing that you yeah. get is a photo of the grandmother with these blue flowers. It was the wow. exact same blue flowers oh, that were on the front. Wow. Um. Yeah, so, it, you know, the connection between florists and cemeteries, especially florists attached to cemeteries, is mm. actually quite a, quite a strong way for spirits to communicate to their loved ones. So, dear listener, you are in a very beautiful, um, it's an honour for you, I guess, to be in such a beautiful position uh, to be able to, to deliver messages of, of proper love and she'd probably be doing it without even realizing it a lot of the time, without even knowing the the how the thing. Like deep when and she, important that is. Yeah, like it's I know. Um, yeah, like people might ring up and just say, "I need flowers sent to this to this grave. Um, can you please make a selection of yellow flowers or whatever?" And and our listener might just put together intuitively without realizing it her favorite flower the favorite flowers of the person that this grave is 
that these flowers are going to and when she makes the delivery to the grave, she will never know. Like mm. a lot of it will <laughs> be non-validated or non-confirmed, which you don't need it. You don't need the validation or confirmation, but probably far more than what she would be aware of. Realises. Um, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Um, another thing too, the items that get knocked off the shelves and things, straight after that I'm pretty sure you said that she never really gets frightened or scared um, which is good because I think we might have talked before, it might have actually been in a, in a haunted episode where we talked about how when objects get knocked off shelves or objects get appear to be kind of like violently moved, 99.9% of the time the intention is not to break the object or have the object fly across the room. Mm. It's a matter of the spirit not really know how, knowing how to regulate its its energy and deliver its energy in in a soft way to just like gently glide the item yeah. across the shelf or, it was you know, slightly listener, move it. Actually, it was the um, – in okay. Newcastle I think it was – it was a listener right. with the lights and, and the fan going flying or something like that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then I also think when we when we did um, the Velisca Axe Murder House. Oh, God. Um, I think yeah. I remember talking about it then too. Probably. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it, you know, it does, it does help that she's not scared. But just for anyone else that might be listening who experiences items and things like that, um, smashing or falling off shelves or being what appears to be, you know, quite violently moving across somewhere. Yeah. Um, Quite often it's not the the kind of the way that it's done is not intentionally, there's no, there's the feeling behind it is not intentional to scare you. It's just to let you know that that they're there. Um, And and I definitely feel that um, that this this particular florist um, is quite tight in terms of... um, our listener appears to put up some pretty good protection around herself in terms of she sits mostly in the white light. So when we, like when I walk, remember we were talking about um, a couple of episodes ago about like walking in dark alleys and streets and things and putting the keys in your fingers and how, yeah, well, I've just, it never, it never occurred to me until I grew up and started hearing people talk about it. Um, uh, one of the things that was once told to me was that, that that's because I have wings and it brought up me obviously wanting to go down a rabbit hole with what the hell that person meant. For sure. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But quite often when there's light workers or healers um, or just angels on earth, um, we, we have such a... Um, if everyone could just imagine like an aura for a second, it's not an aura, but imagine like to think what it would be like to have an aura, but it's a light. Um, and that light can sometimes fill up a whole space, like a whole house. It mm-hmm. can go out as far as you want it to. And there's something about this listener that makes me feel like her light that that comes out of her is quite strong mm-hmm. and therefore, and this, this florist feels quite small and intimate so I feel that her energy kind of covers, like puts almost like a ring of light around that space and it keeps the energy that comes in very tight. How beautiful. Um, yeah, and the visual that I've got, I wish that I could paint. Like <laughs> I wish that I could, you know, get the visuals out of my head. Um, 
but it is quite beautiful and and I feel that obviously she's done that without really fully realizing and understanding what she's done um, but with the right heart yeah exactly but her heart's connecting and then with um with the question about um or the comment of not knowing whether I'm actually living to my highest abilities and fulfilling all of that. This is a very common statement or question that I get and... I'm not surprised. I can relate for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But the question that I will almost always ask straight away is, well, what do you want to do? Like what, what is it that you want? Do you want to change your life? Do you want to do professional help? You know, do you want to professionally connect for people? Do you want to be a messenger? Do you want to be a guide? Because um, that's kind of the, that's that's living to the highest, but then that's for service. And then for yourself, it's your highest abilities for yourself or your highest capabilities for yourself. You know, what do you want for yourself? Do you want to be someone who is of faith? and has a a very deep spiritual relationship that prioritizes that in their life because that is living to your highest capabilities within yourself. And most people don't want either of those things (laughs) or most people don't really understand what either of those things entails. Most people perceive it as something different though too. It's one thing to feel like what you're doing isn't enough but sometimes mm. that extra little bit of just deepening or just practicing more intentionally or just understanding to a greater level of what you're doing and your capacity for doing it, sometimes that could be enough, just understanding it yeah. in a different way. Yeah. And in this listener's case, it would be, well, you know, obviously you love what you do. And changing your career or your job or your, you know, what you do isn't isn't on the cards. It's not a it's not a thing. It's not a question or a doubt. But inside of it, you could choose to live to you could choose to elevate what you do for mm. for people around you, and that might be what she means. Yeah. Um, but it's not to the highest of her capabilities. It's it's within bounds of what she does for her service. So keep your service as the florist at the cemetery and in brackets so much more, (laughs) not just the florist at the cemetery, Um, but uh, maybe it's a matter of spending time in the florist, um, treating it or creating it as a sacred space that, sits at the top of your priority list. And if you do that, then it means that coming into the space and speaking to the space. And she said she um, sages and cleanses and things like that. Mm. Um, but it, it's ritual. It's giving thanks to the land. It's giving thanks to the to the spirits. It's, um, it's giving the spirits opportunity to speak to you in different ways. It's maybe uh, heightening your abilities to get to the point where you can do um, free writing. So meditate in the space and free write and give the spirits a voice that that can come through you by writing out what they've got to say. Um, you can leave offerings for them. You can speak to them. Um, you can learn how to understand who they are, which it takes 
years and years and years of practice to be able to to do that. Um, and I think that a lot of her years and years and years of practice is probably already done. It would yeah. be a matter of just learning how to like the mechanics of getting it all to make sense so that she can spit out something that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because she's smelling um, things and all sensing things, seeing things, yeah. Yep. And a lot of the time it's just a matter of going, oh, really, is that what that is? Like when yeah. I found out that I could that I could turn it off, it's like, really? Please tell me how to do that. That would have been such a revelation. <laughs> It was. It was just like, what? I don't have to be like this. Um, and even just um, knowing what to call seeing and hearing and yeah. tasting. Like we at our Patreon the other night, we had um, a patron who uh, was new and she was talking about, hang on a second, I've got the, I'm trying to think which one it was. Um, that Patreon was really fun. Oh, Patreon was so much fun. Um, oh, the, um, the Patreon was saying that they have discovered that they have clairaliens. Yeah, that's right. And you, was it you who asked what's clairaliens? No, someone else did. Someone else asked. Yeah. Yeah. And clairaliens is just another term for clairolfactants. So and so for them... Yeah, for them to be able to do their research or to learn, if they're going to Google Claire Aliens, they're going to maybe not as come up with as much things as they would if they did Claire Olfactants. Um, and they also might um, get confused, you know. It, it would be confusing for a little bit. And it's already confusing, you know, understanding what's going on. It's a whole new you know, language. It's like, why have I started? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why have I started smelling my grandmother's perfume all of a sudden? She's not here. She's been gone for a long time. And it makes sense that I'd be smelling it because I'm in her house or whatever, but that's as far as it goes. Why is it just all of a sudden? And why is it when I just walk past this one bare patch in the hallway or up the stairs? um, What is that? And so many people Google those things. Like why, why am I seeing things that aren't there? Or why am I hearing things Mm. that no one else can hear? And, when you can get the right terms and you can understand the mechanics of how each of them work, um, you can you can our listener would be able to very quickly, I guess, uh, feel at least that she is um, being more capable. <laughs> yeah, she'll be able to put a certain level of comprehension to everything that's been happening. For mm. for a yeah. long time for her. So is that in answer to her question as to why can she? I think so. Why can she well, smell it? Because she can. <laughs> why can she? Well, yep. why can she is because she's vibrating high enough and she's open and she she's not afraid. Mm. So fear will tend to. There's nothing like fear to lower someone's vibration. Shut down. Um. So the yeah. So and that and you know that just goes hand in hand as well with um like the ego, because the Mm. ego is, is fear and fear is the ego. So when you're someone who is quite ego driven, as in terms of judgmental and low vibrational, then you got high, like you, you got no hope of, of having any kind of communication with the spiritual realms that you're going to know is there, like they're going to see you, but you're not going to have anything to do with them. 
Um, and the, the less ego-driven you are in terms of fear, uh, the higher you vibrate naturally. So she would have that. Plus there's no mistakes. Like there's no, there, everything happens for a reason and we are all exactly where we are supposed to be at the time that we are there and how we experience it is 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 up to us but being where we are and when we're there is is a given and she our listener is where she is for a reason and it's because she is a light worker mm. and this is this is has been her soul knows this time. yeah her soul knows this and her spirit knows this but her human self hasn't fully grasped the whole concept yet even though and she's been surrounding herself with like-minded workers, which she would be employing, she would be the one giving them the jobs. Be like a moth to a flame. Yeah, all this, all these For nourishing sure. people that she knows she needs. It's all she's, it's, mm-hmm. she's innately doing it. She's, it's beautiful. I love that she's yeah. written in. And then, yeah, same. It's all and making that she's sense. The podcast. Yeah. Thank you to the colleague or to the, yeah. to the employee. Um, and so on the on the note of the daughter. Yes, this is what's interesting. really interesting. Yeah, well, the first thing that's really interesting from the perspective of a parent is that children, not all of our children, but usually a person like our listener or like myself, um, at least one of our children will do this, uh, where they are a soul that is more evolved than ours and they come forth as a teacher or a guide. And so, the daughter, from when she started to experience her own spiritual activity, let's call it, or just experiences, um, that would have been part of the contract starting to play out. Like, well, not part of starting to play out, but more of continuing to play out where the daughter and the mother's contracts would be for the daughter to guide the mother or teach the mother where to go to grow, to expand. Um, okay. And so the, the, the issues that appear um, with the child or did appear with the child, but for other listeners who when issues appear with your children, <laughs> um, it's, quite often, it's quite often that there's two things going on. One, or oh, there's lots of things going on, but the two things I want to talk about. <laughs> the, one thing is, the one thing is that the parent, um, the parent that is the most concerned or the parent that has the most to do with the child that's going through it usually has a lot to learn from the people that you will come in contact with. So if that child had have gone to an energy healer or, um, you know, like a psychotherapist or, you know, any kind of alternative therapy that had a spiritual flavor to it um then the parent will then be exposed to it and it's almost just like hey we're, we're dangling lights and carrots in front of you like they're everywhere right now You're do you want to take one yeah yeah do you want to eat one like would you like one because this is your journey as much as your child got you here she was supposed to get you here or he was supposed to get or they were supposed to get you here mm. um so it's about guiding you through their own journey now, second, the other thing that's happening is that um, the people like our listener um, who have children like their child that they're referring to, um, because that child is a more evolved soul, the more evolved souls, um, they, they don't, um, the world is different to them. The, 
they're born with a way of seeing it and feeling it and hearing it differently. It is, they just process things differently. Um, and they do it from the get go. So, but a lot of, a lot of everybody else and other generations, they don't understand it and they can't understand it. Mm. They, all they can do really is accept it. They only understand um, because it within it's, their own capability of understanding things. And Correct. And their own knowledge and intelligence and yep. as far as their consciousness is. Yes. Uh, but there really is no, there, there really is nothing wrong with it. So like the child, for example, I'm not saying that, that the mother has done anything wrong. Yeah. Um, and that's not what I'm trying to do in terms of shame the mum or any parent out there because, I mean, I've, done, I've had times where I've done the same thing. Yeah. But when you have a child who is experiencing, um, you know, seeing things or hearing things and it's, and it's scaring them, rather than try and, um, you know, prevent them from getting scared, it's about teaching them the skills that they need to cleanse ground and protect themselves and to empower them with how to deal with what is their reality rather than trying to get them to avoid their reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And when she said that um, most of it's gone now but she still sleeps with the um, eye eye mask on, most of the time as well, like just before puberty. She's only 11. The light dims. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So just before puberty, the light starts to dim. And by that I mean like um, if you've got like an open crown chakra, so the light above your head, uh, for a lot of children who are born these days, they've got a very open crown chakra. They're very connected. and But just before puberty, because we go into a very human phase of our existence um, in terms of rapid development during, during those and, years. Yep. Yeah, it's very rapid development in the scheme of things. Very physical. Um, Yes, we're very human. Yeah. And so the light sort of just naturally will dim. Mm. Uh, So the activity will naturally uh, decrease in its frequency and its its loudness or its severity or its its, um, just how strong it is, I guess. It will naturally do that anyway. It needs to, um, yeah. Yeah, well, it, it needs to. It just does. It's just yeah. a part of the, the evolution of, the, of the spiritual being having the human experience, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it really just depends on how a child is exposed to conversations and things um, during the time when it's dimmed that will determine whether or not, And because our listener mentioned that she hopes she hasn't taken away anything good or squashed anything good, it doesn't, like... You almost can't do that. Um, and what you can do if you feel like you need to redeem yourself, which you don't, but if you feel like you do as a parent. If it makes you um, feel better. All you've got to, <laughs> yeah, all you've got to do really is just think about embracing your own spiritual relationship and just think monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. Speak, yep. Just talk about it openly, speak about it, make it a, a non-thing where you can just have a conversation about stuff. Like it. it's just a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's how you can support your child or any child who um, is like their, like her child. I like what you were saying. You've said it previously um, that after they go through adolescence or, and whatever, 
on the other side of all of that, if they choose to further that, they will still have all those capabilities that they had. If they choose to use mm-hmm. them, it's up to them. Absolutely. It's just like it's, it's, it's knowledge that your soul and your spirit knows. Yeah, yeah. It's the human that will determine whether or not that knowledge is carried forth or used or utilised or enacted or activated mm. within our human experience and that's what awakening is. Yeah. And actually reading that letter, especially the part about her daughter, reminded me of my eldest who has forever been a terrible sleeper but slept with a beanie on down over her ears and an eye mask on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny to watch. <laughs> it is like the whole getting into bed at night time takes about five minutes of her faffing like endlessly <laughs> getting all her attire <laughs> sorted for the night. <laughs> It's like normal kids have blankies yeah, or oh, she has teddies too. or yeah. bunnies. Yeah. She has and, her bunny. And Lucy's yeah. got a beanie she's and a got, goggles. She's got everything. <laughs> a beanie and an eye mask. Yeah, everything. <laughs> and then falls asleep, will only fall asleep to guided meditations. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All the things. It is so funny. Good times. I know that um, Luca went through a phase where um, his blinds had to be shut when he slept um, because if he stood up and could see out the window, he would see all the people walking up and down the street Oh, and stopping at the top of the, at the top of the hill where the bus stop and the street light is like, you just see them all standing there. So it's just uh-uh. like, no, if I just keep the blind closed, then I can't see them. Yeah. And when he went through the phase of not looking in mirrors because of the reflections that he would see. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But you can't, like, I mean, the hardest part is for me is that, you know, we, (laughs) I was in the car with Luca the other day um, and because he's always been the way that he is, I don't, I can't remember the conversation we were having, but he said, I don't see dead people. And I went, yeah, but you can. And he goes, yeah, but I don't. And it's, it's just like, I don't want to be like, it's, it's like, it's not cool. It's like, he's just like, he's 14. And the last thing that he wants is to be, you know, you know, for people to think that he can see dead people or to be all spiritual and everything. And it's like, let him, let him be a teenager. You know, they're in their own era, their own generation of how things are done. I also do not want to, I want to influence in a, in a, um, in a way of, um, safety, like safety influences and traditional things that mean a lot to me in who I am that I've been taught that I want to share. Mm. Um, but apart from that, I don't, I don't feel the need to control or, um, dictate or determine or lay out a plan of how Luca or any of the children for that matter should use their abilities. Yeah. It's like, you know what, if today you just say, yeah, but I don't see dead people and, and choose to use very correct wording instead of saying, no, I can't, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's like I can but I don't. Yeah. Um, that That's entirely up to you and you also do not have to ever see another dead person again in your life if you don't want to. Like you don't have to just because this is what your mum does. Yeah. Um, and, and how then, good is you know, that? What a re- oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's Sorry, okay. you just everyone, dropped I just me. dropped my phone. 
But what a revelation um, to actually have that knowledge and feel that empowered even at that age, knowing you're able to do something but you don't have to. It's your choice. It's not like when you were yeah. growing up and you could do all the, these things and then when you learned you could flip, you could flick a switch and it would be off, you'd be like, can I? To just grow up knowing <laughs> yeah. that it's within your power mm-hmm. and your own decision. And, and that you have a safe space to to you know explore those things if you want to yeah you, because you, know, you can talk about we it. don't judge you yeah yeah it's yeah it, it, it would be the same for example if one of my children came home and said that they were exploring their sexuality yeah yeah or yeah. or you know that they want that they want to be a politician it's no or judgment move to bosnia or something yeah. it's like okay um, it's just the same kind of thing in my family. So as a parent of children, like whether whether our listeners are parents or not, and if you're parents who have children that you just don't understand because of their spiritualness, yeah. <laughs> their, 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 um, the spirit that they have, um, you don't need to understand it. You don't really. No. It's just a matter of creating a space where, they don't feel embarrassed by it or scared by it. Um, it is, you do not need to be scared of it. Mm. 99.9% of the time there is nothing to be scared of and the energy is not trying to harm you or your child. It's a matter of learning how to empower or teaching a child and empowering a child or yourself with the skills and the tools to to live with it because there is nothing to, to want to not live with there is nothing to want to get rid of or to destroy because it's a beautiful way to live sure is no arguments here and I think a lot of our listeners uh well um hopefully they'll correct me if I'm wrong but they may uh be able to empathize more with being on the receiving end of being the misunderstood one and having been judged so knowing that and hearing that it's okay just to to do that. And you also don't need to explain yourself to people that you may feel judged by or that you have been judged by. It's not up yeah. to you to change anyone's opinion. Um, just understanding that they're doing their thing and you're doing yours. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, you know, and Look, I'm sitting here with a podcast and a book and, and a business and that's all over the world and all of who I am and what I do, and yet my father calls this a tangent. Yes. So I totally get what it feels like to be misunderstood, I guess in a way completely unaccepted because it's not accepted, it's tolerated. <laughs> Barely. Um, well, it was tolerated. <laughs> yeah. It's not anymore. It was tolerated. Um, so I totally, totally empathize and understand what it's like to be on the end of not having a safe space or not having a space that just allows you to discover and explore and be you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, most of my, my teenage years, my later teenage years, um, and the years before that was all done in secret. You know, it was all done behind closed doors and, and no one, my parents would never have known, um, my friends did and, and people, and sometimes even my friend's parents, but my parents just never knew because they, they just, I mean, they didn't even take my mental health seriously. 
So they certainly weren't going to take my witchy tendencies at that stage seriously. Mm, let um, alone indulge you know, them. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I was brought up being called Damien, son of Satan. Mm. And you, you went know, to a Catholic so, school, didn't you? Didn't you go to a no, private girls' school? No. no, I went to the roughest public girls' school oh, in the history of the okay. universe. Yeah, <laughs> which oh, it was a public girls' school, but it was all girls. It was a public okay. girls' school. That's how girls. I was remembering yeah. it. Yeah, oh. yeah, no, no Catholic here. Yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, I do understand what it's like to be on both ends because I'm a parent of a child or children, but. You know, they're all like the eldest one since puberty has only really just stepped into his. And they're all different in the way that they do it. Um, but I can hold space for all of them and so can Matt. Um, but then I've also been the child that has had no one hold space for me that is of that higher generation. So yeah. I get it. And it's a difficult dance to do. Um, but I guess from our beautiful listener who has lovingly written this um, amazing email in, um from your own perspective, have a think about what what you want to do with your abilities. It's not always about needing to be at the highest because highest is something that you probably don't want. It's just how, like maybe the better question or the the smarter question would be, how do you want to use your abilities in your life? And then that way we can give you very clear answers. Um, if you want to make it better for your clients and your customers, if you want to make it better for the spirits, if you want to make it better for your staff or for yourself, we can, we can teach things that can get you to do that. And you have all of the knowledge and you're already doing it. It's just a matter of showing you that you're doing it and giving it a name yeah. and giving it a mechanic and a process and a label, I guess, so that you can understand what you're doing. Exactly. Um, it would be, it would be just like going to Ikea and buying lots of, lots of containers that are all the same and just reorganizing your pantry of your of your energy mm. <laughs> and your spiritual gifts and just saying okay this is what this is and everything that feels like that or looks like that goes in this container oh and giving 100%. you just a frame of reference what a revelation I can certainly yeah that's what I've been that's what exactly what I feel like I've been doing in recent years especially since meeting you and you're able to explain things that I've always felt in such a better way but you know me being a nurse for a long time and always feeling an urge to help people and want to help people, the I'd never heard of the term a healer. You're like, but that's, you know, that's because you're a healer. I'm, I'm like, I'm a what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a nurse. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, <duh. laughs> you're clever. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's like putting a whole new layer of understanding on it all. It's a revelation. That's it. And, and ongoing. It's just just. Yeah, it's just the way you look at things. Absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a brilliant well, I hope. I hope it helped as well. Like I hoped everything that I've said. I hope I've covered everything. I think I tried to methodically keep track of the you things that so were coming well. through that I had to answer. <laughs> you do. Amazing. Doesn't she, everybody? Thanks. She's wonderful. I try. This Stacey Tracy of ours. <laughs> Well, get back in touch and let us know how you go and if we missed anything. But thank you and your whole florist um, business for listening to us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Love it. It'll be in cool. ear holes out there. Yep. Take care, everybody, and keep those emails coming in. Hang on. Oh. Do we have any Patreons? <gasps> yes, we do. Well, speaking of, we just had our um, live May event last week, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and since then, we've had 
three more on top. So we've got Emily, Amanda and Rebecca. Yay. So thank you so much. And I think it was Rebecca, wasn't it, that signed up the day of the live and then wound wound away in that very. No, that was Amanda. Oh, it was Amanda. Oh, I'm getting my names Amanda. mixed up. Yeah. yeah, my apologies. Like she she found the she was listening to the podcast, she found the Patreon, yeah. linked up, and then got an email straight away saying, no, get an alert straight away saying, our live Patreons tonight. She's yeah. like, well, there you go. Woo-hoo. Good timing. Party time. Yes, that was cool. So thank you all very much for your support. It certainly helps thank you, cover thank you, costs thank our you. end. Yeah, it does. It's um, it takes all of the all of the um the unfun stuff that is involved in podcasting. <laughs> that when you start a podcast, you don't really think about. <laughs> it it helps take the burden off of those things. Yeah, it's very, very much appreciated. Yeah, we will be in your ear holes next week, and I will be a year older. <laughs> You will. Happy birthday week. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye. We love bringing Turns Out She's Psychic to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, we'll send you out some Tosby tattoos. We'll give you a Patreon shout out on the podcast. There's a monthly live Q&A, competitions and giveaways, as well as special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. We welcome your ghost stories and any questions that you have for myself or Tracy. And we'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your friends and family and give us a follow on Insta at turns out underscore she's psychic. Bye-bye. Bye.